KC Press Box, where you get the sports headlines that you care about. Plus, learn to make cold, hard cash with the Sportsbook 101 that teaches you every aspect of sports investing. We are heading out to the Truman Sports Complex oh, oh no. for the first time ever. Oh, no. The Detroit Tigers Don't do it. are coming to town. The Detroit Tigers winners oh, no. somehow of seven games in a row. I've, they have not lost since before the All-Star break. Don't do it. Slap dick. Pitcher, oh. Willie Peralta, former Royal, gas can. They're, if you're at the game tonight, make sure you bring some sort of jacket to keep the sauce off you because the meatball he's throwing up there, you're going to be getting lots of spaghetti sauce all over you. Meatballs, the Kansas City Royals are going to swing the bats tonight. No way in hell the Detroit Tigers are winning eight games in a row. I guarantee it. I'm 11-3 and three on the lock of the week. I hate to even put the Royals and oh, lock no. in the same sentence. Oh, no. But the Kansas City Royals minus 111. The Kansas City Royals are taking down the Detroit Tigers eight miles going to be depressed tonight. The lineup is ready. The players are set. And now let's head to the KC Press Box with your hosts, Steve Serrano and Dave O. Welcome to the show, show number 15. It is Steve Serrano alongside uh, Dave O. Somehow those intros just keep getting longer and longer. <laughs> I love how you select the audio that we need to, to kick off the show. And they started off just like a little clip, like four seconds long, six seconds. Now, somehow, there's like a minute and a half Dude, of Dave recapping the biggest uh, locks of the week that he had from the week before. Because I'm red hot. You got to milk it, baby. You're milking something. You're milking some of those meatballs uh, is what you wanted in that audio clip right there. Man. Is, I'm not sure what that means, but. I don't either. Welcome to the show. Show number 15. A lot to talk about, too, David, um, especially when we're talking about uh the Kansas City Royals mm-hmm. made some big moves. Some people left the team that I think that's the audio that you should have pulled from last week. <laughs> yeah, you probably. called you called both of those people. I did. Yes, I, I was in shock. And then obviously uh, later in the uh, the show, too, we'll get into the locks of the week that brings you to 12 wins, three losses. That's 80 percent. I mean, did we calculate if say every time you made the bet, it was a thousand dollars? Yeah, you'd be up like, let's see, like you've won 12, like 10 grand, 10 grand. Dude, we could retire. We, we could do this full time. If I could somehow keep up even 70%, we could quit our jobs and just be, be professional betters. Really? Like, literally, you could. Really? Yes. But then how are you going to get all those free meatballs in your mouth? Ooh, what is That was the is clip. Like do, a, we, do we not hear the clip? It's all, he's throwing the meatballs. Man. Put the spaghetti on the meatballs. You're turning this into an after hours podcast, and it's creeping me out, man. Welcome to KC Press Box. Lots to talk about, obviously, the Royals. What we just said, some moves uh, that will no longer be on the team. Plus, training camp. We got to talk Chiefs today. The Chiefs action. You, I, I love seeing them out there. Um, I love seeing, those, I love seeing those faces out there, too, for the Chiefs. So, a lot to talk about that. Plus, if you want to win uh, $10,000, well, you should have obviously been making these bets for the last 15 weeks. But with that being said, uh, we'll have the locks of the week, Sportsbook 101. A lot to learn about. David, how's the week been for you, my friend? Actually, dude, I have been on fire this week in MLB DFS. We've talked about daily fantasy sports here in the past, and we'll talk about it with NFL starting here in a couple of weeks. We'll get into our full-on, well, not, probably actually Not a full to be confused with show. DTF. No, no, not, well, Do no. you know what that even stands uh, for? Yes, I know okay. very, what, down have to. You, okay, we don't have to yeah. replay it, but we just, you yeah. just go No, I it. am on 
fire. I've had six of seven winning days in MLB, so life is good for me right now in the uh, the sports investing world, and I like to share it with the people. Well, good. I'm glad that, uh, that things are going well for you. Thanks for asking about me. All right, we got a great show talking about today. Uh, don't forget, subscribe to the show, kcpressbox.com. Anywhere you want to watch the show, anywhere you want to listen to the show, uh, you'll get all that information. Oh, you can watch at, us now, apparently? Yes, it's, it's coming very soon. They've, they've asked, um, and it's going to happen. So I've lost like 35 pounds. Uh, thanks to Supplement Superstores to the 1DB Fast Pack. Uh, okay. free, free plug for them. Okay. Uh, so how about that? So we got a lot to talk about. Let's do it. Uh, let's start it off with our sports headlines. Let's go. The KC Press Box headlines. All right. Uh, like we talked about at the beginning, the Chiefs, they're up and running. They're in St. Joseph, Missouri uh, for their training camp. Uh, what do you take away from uh, St. Joe so far? Let me give you a few things that I've really noticed and that I've really liked for this year. Number one, man, let's talk about the Chiefs' offensive line a little bit because I think this offensive line, now I'm not going to put it, I'm not saying it's going to be as good as, sure. the, as the Will Shields, Casey Wegman, you know, back in the day, those awesome offensive lines that we had here with the Trent Green era. But this offensive line is going to be the best of the Patrick Mahomes era, possibly even better than most of the, if not all of the Alex Smith era lines. This is a really good offensive line. Now, the main thing I keep hearing um, is, and what I've seen is, Rookie right guard Trey Smith. Do you know much about Trey Smith? No, I don't. Please. So Trey Smith is a sixth rounder out of Tennessee. Um, He fell only because of some injuries and, you know, some some issues off the field and stuff. But they got him in the sixth round. This dude very easily could be the steal of the entire NFL draft, not just for the Chiefs. Okay, go on. The entire NFL draft. He's going to be starting at right guard. I mean, you're taking LDT, my man, up from Canada, the MD. You're taking him, putting him on the bench. That's how good this rookie is. He's going to start for the Chiefs. He's physical. He's nasty. He likes to hurt people. Um He's the kind of guy you want up there. You need a couple of guys like that in your offensive line. You know, you've That's got true. some of these guys are big teddy bears, but you know, you need some guys that have a little nasty in them. He's going to be incredible at the right guard spot. He's throwing around guys. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, since Brett Veach technically wasn't the one who drafted Mahomes, so we'll throw the Mahomes pick out because that was Dorsey, okay. Dorsey technically, although it was Veach the one that fell in love with him and recommended it. So really, Veach is, you know, Mahomes is because of Veach, but. Veach literally is GM. This, I think, will go down so far as his best draft pick, um, getting Trey Smith in the sixth round. So the kid's awesome. Then you look around the offensive line, you got Orlando Brown Jr. that they got from the Ravens at left tackle. You got Joe Tooney, the best, you know, arguably the best left guard in the entire league from the Patriots. They gave him the record contract. He's playing left guard. Creed Humphrey's been awesome. Another great draft pick from this year out of Oklahoma at center. And a whole bunch of, you know, guys competing for that right tackle spot. And they're, the Chiefs are going to be, you know, too deep basically every position along the offensive line, which we found out last year is, is so important. Now, the other thing that really sticks out to me, speaking of how good the offensive line is going to be, but also, man, have you seen how how trimmed down Chris Jones is? Chris Jones. Chris, he looks little guy. Yeah, he's incredibly he's a little guy. They're playing him outside more, going to be playing the defensive end thing. It looks looks like mostly exclusively, especially you can do that when you've got a guy who I'm a big fan of, Derek Nottie as well, you know, defensive tackle. That'll help you to be able to put Chris Jones. But Chris Jones slimmed down, looks so fast. I mean, he was throwing around Tooney and Orlando Brown like pro True. bowlers. True. The, what, two days ago or yesterday? I mean, so I think Chris Jones in the defensive line with Naughty, I think you're going to see the Chiefs a lot better this year. Let's hope Frank Clark steps it up, steps it up a little bit from, you know, was a really good first year, maybe not so great second year for him with the Chiefs. Hopefully the off-the-field stuff can can be put to rest and he can grow from that and learn from that. And, and I, I really like, I guess my biggest takeaway would be 
as far as the main thing would be how great of a draft Veach had, but also just the, the lines, both sides of the line. And the, and the Chiefs, you know, as it, I think we both know that really the games are one of the trenches, sure. right? I mean, Mahomes can only be you surgical. Can, I mean, we saw that in the Super Bowl. Yeah. There's only so much that Patrick can yeah. do. And you guys keep him healthy, uh, Without too. having time, yes. You don't want him getting hit when he's making that kind of money. So that would be my, my overall big thing. And I also want to talk about, can we talk about Noah Gray, too? I was going to say, obviously. you know the, I talk about him all the time. The offensive side of things. We we love the, the Tyreek Hill. You love the the Travis Kelsey, but then there's a My new boy name. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yes, there's a new boy that we're going to be talking about. I think a lot this year. Uh, Noah Gray. I mean, why are you so excited about this kid, Matt? So again, I, I, I'm starting to develop a man crush on Brad Veach. Wouldn't be your first time. I mean, this for a man crush. That this is. I also have one on Nebraska basketball coach Fred Hoiberg. But this guy. I mean, Noah Gray and, and Brett Veach getting him. He Brett Veach snagged him in the fifth round out of Duke. I mean, you're getting Creed Humphrey. You're getting you're getting all these day one starters here, right? Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and Noah Gray. And there's there's more, but those are just the three that have stood out to me the most. But yeah, he's a fifth rounder out of Duke. A guy that can really block. We know that at the tight end spot, but I think he's going to be really legit this year as a receiver. And I know the Chiefs for a couple of years now, I mean, they brought in some of these retreads like Ricky Seals-Jones and some of these other tight ends. Um, who was the dude that always used to drop the ball all the time two years ago? What was that dude's name that went to Cleveland? Uh, why am I forgetting his name? Someone can send us the note. But anyway, he plays for Cleveland now. But he used to drop everything. They tried a bevy of guys at tight, and they want that compliment to, to Kelsey because Kelsey is kind of a hybrid Dwayne Bow? No, not Dwayne Bow. I mean, talk about a guy that dropped a lot of balls. Remember when Dwayne, yeah, Dwayne Bow had a radio show? He did? Yeah, like in 2008. No. Yeah, it was right before I moved here. And they like, I think it was, was it Vermeule back then in 08? Or 06? Maybe it was like 06. One of the years they made him get rid of it because he was like, you know, putting his foot in his mouth too much and saying controversial things. But was that when he got arrested in, at the local Sonic? Is that when he got his foot in his <laughs> oh, mouth? I forgot they're, about they're that. In the middle of the season, I, I think. I forgot about that. That's right. Or playoff time, right, sir? Yeah, the Sonic up north there. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't know where we ended up there. But yeah, back to uh, <laughs> dropping balls. That's how <laughs> yeah. I ended up there. Yeah, yeah. You said dropping balls. I thought of instantly Dwayne Bow. Man, we're talking about meatballs today and dropping balls. And man, all right. Well, Noah Gray, great hands, man. The, the, I really have been impressed seeing the way he's catching the ball. And I think he's going to open up the field even more for guys like. Tyreek Hill on the outside, and maybe a McCole Hardman or Byron Pringle, who I really believe in, and and I think I, I think they've wanted a, a one-two punch at tight end. Is my point to Kelsey? They can use Kelsey more outside. I mean, they already do a lot, but maybe even line him up more on the slot, more on the outside, since he basically is almost a wide receiver, you know. But I think Noah Gray is going to open up a lot for this offense. People say, well, you didn't, and I'll admit I was one of the people, right? Remember we talked about how sure. I really wanted another wide receiver in this offense, but with this offensive line. Being as phenomenal as I think they'll be, adding another tight end that will open things up even more down the field for the other guys, or they can just give Noah Gray and Kelsey underneath and they'll just kill him all day. Either way, it adds another weapon. You get Hilaire in the screen game out of the backfield. I guess Jerk McKinnon's turned a lot of heads, the former 49er running back that Mahomes has said will be a big part of our offense as well. You got Daryl Williams. I mean, so they've got so many weapons, but I think Noah Gray is going to open up a lot, especially for Kelsey. And I mentioned it last week. That's a guy that I definitely would be looking at in fantasy drafts, like in the last round or two. One other thing I do want to mention, by the way, that I thought was ridiculous. I just heard this in the way in today. I heard a, and I don't mean to hate on the hometown players at all, but there's one guy in this team. I just, I just think he plays dumb. I'm not a huge fan. And that's um, Demarcus Robinson. Yes. But I just heard him being interviewed on the way in today. You'll, you'll love this quote. He said his goal is to catch a thousand yards this year. Well, Got to catch him somehow. Got to catch. Let's, let's go for like 300. Before we switch, um, 
switch on to another team. I, if you've not had an opportunity uh, to get out to St. Joseph, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a really cool experience for the fans. Go out there and, and to get up close, I think. Um, obviously, this year, unfortunately, they weren't able to do the autograph sessions where they were able to do in the past where players would sign autographs 24-7 nonstop for some of those people and, and some of those fans out there. But uh, opportunity to get out there. You can go out to the Chiefs website to get signed up. Uh, so you can go out there and experience, uh, you know, something that I think we're very fortunate that it's just, you know, a, a 35 to, to an hour uh, drive for most of uh, Kansas City to get out there and see some of training camp uh, with the Chiefs. So very fun. Good for St. Joseph. I am a Northwest Missouri State University alum. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, You've never and, mentioned that and, before. And it's a shame that it's in Missouri Western's college campus mm. and they redesigned all that stuff Not too. Maryville. I would have just kept on going. Chiefs all the way up to Maryville. Uh, the home of the Bearcats uh, for that training camp. But, you know, the you know, best thing about, a quick stop. You know the best thing about St. Joe, right? They have two the, the Red Lobster. They have two Taco Johns there. Do they really? Not one, but two. And that size of a town, it's impressive. Take that with you. That's right. Uh, all right, switch gears. Uh, the guy is now a high school football coach, but says he wants to come back oh. and play at the end of the season. Yes. Who am I talking about? Yeah, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. <laughs> What yeah. is, is this real life? You know what's funny about that is one of my best friends from high school. His name is Toby Watson. Um, he lives out of Mobile, Alabama. He just had lunch with Philip Rivers last week. He does Did like, he really? yeah, he does That's like cool. he runs his own like construction business out there. And so, I don't even know. I need to actually call him back. He just texted me and told text me. him, get him on the show. Philip Rivers, not your not oh, your friend. Yeah. But he said he goes, yeah, Philip Rivers, the family's nice. I'm like, I actually have heard that. I've heard that from multiple people that Philip Rivers and his like 15 kids are amazing. He's a good guy. So I respect Philip Rivers, but he's a whiny baby we'll just call him so is this real life yeah so yeah he said the same thing he said that philip told him that at lunch he's like yeah man i'm, I'm all about committed to the, like, coaching this team and i'm not going to bail on these boys because i promised them because so my friend toby told me this a year and a half ago that philip rivers was the last year with the colts was going to be his last year that he agreed to sure. a contract and i should have broken it i should have been adam schefter man i should have won up these nfl guys because no one else had that info but toby told me this but I, I didn't totally believe him i'm like what do you mean he's going to go coach high school at a christian school in alabama while he's still playing in the nfl he's like yeah he told me it's his last year so anyway, he was right about that. But he, he he did mention that at lunch that he hopes that it's a possibility. You know, there's inevitably a, a team that had last year was Dak Prescott, right? You're going to yes. have some stud quarterback go down. It's just, it sucks, but it's and hopefully it's not us. But it sucks as part of the game, right? So I think that's what Philip Rivers sees is him kind of coming back and being the hero. But I mean, Philip, you haven't really. I mean, there's a reason they called you Phyllis Rivers the way you throw the last few years. True. I mean, he just doesn't have the arm like he used no, to. No, did he ever really have the arm though? No, and he's always and he's just a riverboat gambler like he'll just i mean he's wow. my kind of guy man he's a gambler but it's like but you're right he, he he did to a degree have the arm back in the day but now it's like you can't be a gambler when you don't have an arm like true brett Favre was kind of like that but he had a gun you know what i hope he coaches high school football I hope he has an opportunity uh, to come back. I think that's a that's a fun story, and uh, hopefully for the Raiders, we can play him again. Yeah, I, I think it'll be great. Get and also, uh, we we try to kind of avoid as much as possible when it comes to some of the vaccines and things like that too. But facts are facts. Ninety uh, percent of NFL players, um, I don't know if that's coaching and staff. It is. Or if it, okay, uh, has now been vaccinated. So does this make this year uh, more of a normal year? You've got ninety percent of the people vaccinated. They're doing what you're supposed to be doing when it comes to the NFL and what kind of the NFL wants. So is this year normal? I think Can it be normal? I think it's going to be pretty close. And I've got a question for you in a second. By the way, can I congratulate you before we go sure, any further? Sure. We, I'm surprised we didn't mention this before. My, my buddy here, yeah. my partner, 
Steve Serrano. I don't do you wanna, know if do I would wanna, say partner. Uh, well, yeah. Do you want to tell any everybody that's listening? Because we, we do have a lot of out, of out of town people listening to this that may not know. That. No. What, what was the news you announced the, this week? They're excited, very excited to announce that I will now be the game day DJ uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. It's going to be, it, it'll be fun. It really will be. So every game, uh, if you have um, a complaint about the music that is played during the game, I'm sorry, get, o- get, get over it. <laughs> Uh, but no, it, it'll be fun to, to get everybody hyped up. So excited for that new position. I bring that as up. the game day DJ for the Kansas City Chiefs at every home game. I do think it's going to be a lot more. So that normal. means I got more street cred. It does. So actually, now I'm going to have to. When we do this press box show, you're now going to have to do it in a different room. I don't want you to look. Oh, I can't look. Yeah, no eye contact. No eye contact. What about Nick, now. the intern? Can he? Yeah, Nick is gone. You're long done with gone. him. Okay. Yeah, we want a girl now. <laughs> he isn't here. Did you really get rid of him? He's not here this he's week. Not here. He's gone. Those well, internships up next yeah. week, anyways. But uh, so you asked, will it be back to normal? I do think it'll be pretty much normal. I don't think we're going to see any postponements this week. I think or this year. I think it'll be kind of like what MLB does. You know, if there's three, four guys, I'll just pull them out of the game or, or say they're inactive, which still sucks if they, you know, but I, I think like the, the mass 15 guys out of moving games, there's not going to be any games moved. So I think from that perspective, it'll be a pretty normal season. It still might be a little frustrating for us that play fantasy and gamble and, and sure. just in general as fans, you don't want to see your favorite players and not know who's going to be available, but it's kind of the same thing to think of it as like, just think of it as they might sprain an ankle or something. It's the same thing as getting possibly getting COVID or whatever. Now, my question for you, because I know you don't have any information on this inside info, but what's your opinion? You know, Garth Brooks is doing that show out at Arrowhead and and now masks are going to be required. Now in the NFL, not just the Chiefs, but throughout the NFL, is it still going to be full capacity with masks or since you're outside, will they not require masks? So uh, you bring up a great question. Garth Brooks doing stadium tours all over the place. Now, as of right now today at August 5th, masks are required only and inside facility places. Okay. So outside, as they're watching uh, Garth Brooks perform, they do not have to wear masks. Oh, so it's only inside. So it's you're only like, it's inside. So yeah, if you're going to the concessions oh. or anything else like that, that's when a mask is required. Okay. But again, like we know in 2020 and how the last you know couple of years have been, things could change in the drop of a dime. Yeah. So things could change. But as of right now, okay. Um, and I think it, a lot of this stuff will come down from the NFL. Things yeah. could change. Rules could change because different parts of the country could change. Um, just because we're doing something here, maybe where we're home based at in Kansas City, things could totally be different uh, at a different stadium. But as of right now, here in Kansas City, there is a Garth Brooks concert on Saturday. That show, uh, there is a mask mandate for inside the facility of Arrowhead or GEH Field or whatever they call that. Is it called? Is it GE? GEH, right? No, that you actually say GEAJ. Is that what it is? Yeah, you're actually supposed to. Just oh, say I didn't that know one. that. GEAJ. By the way, uh, speaking of the Garth Brooks show, here's a blast from the past. A name that your wife used to love. When I remember her first Royals crush after, well, second, she had David DeJesus was first. Remember Jeff Francoeur? French, yeah, is he, French, French, why? What's French, he, is he, is he on the Garth Brooks tour? He's, Frenchie's coming back just for the Garth Brooks show. How do you know that? Did. Does he tweet that out or something? No, because I, Alex's wife told me, Jamie, Oh, he's coming back to hang out the Gordon family. Oh, that's very cool. So Frenchie will be in, in town. He's, he's actually, you know, he's no, a, he's no a, wonder a, my wife got a hotel room. Yeah, right. You know, he's actually a really damn good broadcaster now. He does, really? he does the TV color work for the Braves, which it makes sense because they're playing in St. Louis right, right now. Let, so let, my guess is he's driving down from St. Louis. We're all over the place today. Let's bring it back. Okay, sorry. Uh, we're done with the NFL. We're talking Royals, baseball, uh, and and you brought this up too just last week that there could be some people that could be. Uh, I, I don't know if I would say I want to say the word getting booted uh, from the Royals roster, but maybe it's a good move for them. Danny Duffy, uh, Solaire, both uh, just in time or just at the end of the Solaire trade got booted. Yeah, let's put it just that way. in time before the uh, trade deadline ended. Let's talk Danny Duffy. Are, are you happy? It's obviously moving to the Dodgers. It's a big move for him. Because he had to say yes to this. Yeah, well, he didn't have to. 
He had the 10 and 5. I mean, he Correct. Could, he That's what I mean. No. So he had to say yes to the trade. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he didn't want to go, right. he could have said no. Yeah, that was his boyhood team, man. You know, grew up a Dodgers fan just a couple hours from L.A. And and did you see the, did you see the story about him over just a few blocks from here on Broadway helping no. uh, the guy that was having the heart attack like a week ago in the middle of the day? No. So some dude posted this Instagram, and it went viral. Um, it was like a few blocks from here over on Broadway. This they, Duffy was the day before he left town. He'd been traded. He was walking around and him and this other guy locked eyes. And then they saw this other guy collapse. Like it was the middle of the afternoon. This other guy was having probably a heart attack or, or heat stroke. So the two looked at each other. The one guy started doing CPR. And then Duffy said, oh, I'm going to run. D- Duffy literally sprinted over, got some Gatorade, bottled Jeez, water Louise. at the convenience store over there on Broadway, ran back. Helped him and and they were able to help you know get him saved. Incredible. And Duffy didn't want any credit. The guy I tweeted this out for, but I thought that was cool and it kind of summed up the whole Danny Duffy area a, a era. A guy that loved Kansas City. A guy, by the way, that explained it beautifully. I heard an interview with him the other day where he said he loved Kansas City so much because he grew up in a, in a smaller town called Lompoc, California. He said okay. Kansas City is a this is a metropolis version of his town. He said he said that the reason he said he said it best. This is the quote I like best. He said. The reason I like Kansas City so much is that somebody will stop and say, how are you doing? And they'll wait to hear your response. Like, they'll actually listen. They actually, it's not like Chicago where it's like, hey, how are you doing? You just keep walking. Like, people actually care here. So I thought that was cool. So it was a little sad to see him go. I think he could come back um, as a player next year as a shutdown reliever. I think it's certainly possible he could be a pitching coach in the future or some sort of advisor. But he loves the Royals. They love him. I'd like to see him get a ring with the Dodgers this year. They did that. Now, people will make fun of the player to be named later that they got. But it's not... The player to be named later. What, what is that his name? No, but that, yeah, I know, right? But it's actually a good thing because the way this works is the Royals are able to say to the Dodgers, they have like 10, let's just say, I don't know the exact number. It's probably six, but let's just say six to 10 players. The Royals will say, okay, we want one of these six. The Dodgers say, okay, those are okay. So the Royals and Dodgers have already agreed to any of the six players. And the Royals will get to choose. The Royals have like six months. I think maybe until next spring. I don't, I don't, see, it's different for every transaction and they didn't re- release. But typically the way it works is that like you have six months, right, from the time the trade's over to scout these players. So the Royals now so have a list. So then they're now watching this six yeah, players to, to determine one, which one they want. They get to so choose any of the who, six. Who, who is getting better? Who is not getting right. better? And the Dodgers have a deep farm system too. So my point is that actually they the Royals actually might get something worthwhile from this move. We don't know that yet, but it's a, a distinct possibility. Now the other one, Jorge Soler, by the way, don't you just love how he does nothing here all year? You see, he's already hit two home runs and he's hitting like 900 with the Braves in three games. But you also <laughs> saw, you called that too. You said at the beginning of the season, uh, or excuse me, at the beginning of the year, when he was struggling, he was going to go to a different team. You yeah. said this quote, yeah. and if Nick was here, he could pull the audio, but you said, quote, that he is going to go to a different team. He's going to see a different hitting coach and he's yeah. going to be successful. Yeah. I mean, he went on a run here. He just got hot in the last two weeks before we traded him, correct? But yeah, but isn't it ridiculous? that? Uh, yes, you're right, but it's just, it's just like funny. It's like such a Royals thing to have happen. Then he goes to the Braves and rediscovers himself. Now, we paid for the Braves to take him, too, right? We, so we, we gave away some draft picks just for that. With for some the, money. Take yeah. it. They take gave, him. They gave some money. We, were, we did get back a young pitcher named Casey Kalich or Kalich. I don't know how you say that. It's K-A-L-I-C-H. Casey Kalich or Kalich. I've read about him. He's got a, a 35 future value for those who know scouting. That means a roughly middle relief type ceiling is, is a major leaguer. So this is probably just as, at best, hopefully he turns into like Scott Barlow or Jake Brantz, one of those types of relievers. Uh, maybe Josh Stamont. 
um, healthy Josh Stomach, that is. But um, so, you know, that one I'm fine with. They got something for him. The, the biggest takeaway from the Solaire trade was that John Sherman, the new owner, was willing to be, eat some of that contract so that we could get something for him because the last owner, um, rest in peace, not trying to talk trash on him, but the last owner typically didn't do that. You know, he didn't want to eat contracts. He said, if we're paying him, they're going to play for us and we're going to get. But Sherman said, you know what? We'll pay to get rid of him, like you said, Steve, and, and it'll get us something back that could help us in the future and give the guy Solaire a chance to be in a team that makes the playoffs. You know, it's win-win for everybody. So you, you, props to them. You say future, and there's a couple of guys that I want to talk about about the future for the Royals. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr., mm. uh, really just tearing the ball off. God, the, is he the, ever? And, and, I mean, what's going on here in, in uh, the minor leagues? Because some of these guys look good right well, now. Well, we got to mention Nick Prado and MJ Melendez, too. And, but everybody MJ just... MJ Melendez had three home runs last night. He's leading the minor leagues now, 28. So, so what's going on with these players? I mean, they got to be up. I mean, here's the deal. So the, the as you know... We've talked about this a little bit, but after this season, the current collective bargaining collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, expires with MLB, right? So there could be a strike at the end of this year with the CBA ending, or or you know, it's probably going to get a little nasty with how much the owners and players seem to hate each other, especially after the owners trying to reduce games the last two years and not pay the players, you know, blah blah blah. So with that, I bring that up only because in the way we talked about this like five times, but the way. It currently is, is that when a player comes up, they get six years, the clock starts, right? So they get six years of MLB service time with whatever team brought them up until they can become a free agent. Years four, five, and six are arbitration. After six, they can become a free agent. So usually it's about May 10th-ish where they can bring a guy up and it won't count. After that, it won't, like Bobby Witt could have come up May 12th, for example, and this year wouldn't have counted. It still would be six years starting next year. However, with the new collective bargaining agreement, some people believe that they may reduce that to you only control a guy for five years. And that if he comes up at any point during a season, that counts as a full year. So that could. So are the players wanting this? Do you think more? Of course. Yeah. Because it's going to allow them to be free agents way quicker. And you know, the teams don't want that. The teams want to be cheap and hold off. But like my point of bringing that up is that the only reason you don't see Bobby Wood in particular this year is if the, is if the Royals are worried that the new CBA is going to be retroactive to where maybe they put it in where if a guy came up this year, even like in September, it counts as a year. So the Royals might say, is it worth risking one month of Bobby Wood? Now at the end of the day, I think they'll bring him up. I think they have to. And I think you just have to know that you're going to have to pay him. If you lose a year of him, well, you're going to have to quit being cheap. I'm not that they aren't being cheap now, but you're, you're not going to be able to be cheap. You're going to have to give pay the damn guy. If he's worth it is your guys are franchise player, bring him up. So I think he'll be up to answer your question. September 1st. That's the one reason he wouldn't. The other two, the problem is now September call-ups, you can only add two players. It used to be you could add up to 40, you know, up, up to 14 more. I mean, sure. 40 total on your 40-man roster. But now you can only add two. So let's say they bring up Wit, They only get one more guy, and they're going to want to bring up an arm. They're just, you know, Jackson Coar. So I don't think we see Nick Prado this year. MJ Melendez, for some reason, is at double-A because they've got so many catching prospects. This this whole organization is just loaded at catcher. And one other thing about catchers, you see Salvi's pacing for 41 home runs. Only Incredible. six guys since 1960. Only six catchers. They don't get a catcher like that. Since 1960. 69 to hit 40 home runs in a year. He could get there. And we kept talking too that, you know, what does he go to first base? Can he does he have the bat? Two Remember more at the beginning of the season yeah. we're like does he have the bat actually go to first base? If he keeps this up he does. He does. But he's 31, so we'll see in 2 years. But I mean, and then MJ Melendez is a catcher who's leading the minor leagues with 28 jacks who needs to come up to Omaha at the very least. We won't see him this year, but and Nick Prado will be the first baseman of the future. So Prado, Melendez, and Witt, make sure you remember those three names. And even the guy that I'd like to see up at some point is Kyle Isbell, who we saw opening day. Hopefully he comes up 
um, sometime this month as well. It's, it's cool seeing Edward Olivares back up again. He's hit home runs uh, 100%. in three of the last four games. You bring up uh, opening day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, next the, year, baby. The, the schedule has been released for next season. Uh, what are some of the highlights for you so far? Well, I'm excited, first of all. From a personal standpoint, one of my I've been to 17 current MLB parks. Um, in my top five or six, definitely. Have you been to Coors Field in Denver? Never. Well, okay, so correction. I've been there, but I've never actually been to a game there. So you haven't. Okay. Coors Field is a must. You ought to come out next year for that. The Royals do play finally in Colorado again. They'll be at Coors Field. It's a weekend. It's next May. So May 13th through 15th. I'm excited that I can see the Royals play at Coors Field because I've seen games there but never seen the Royals there. So personally, I'm excited for that. They also they play the NL West next year. So they play at San Francisco, which is in my top three. That's a must-see park in San Francisco next year. And they play Arizona, which is meh. That's an okay park. But And then the other takeaway for next year, um, the home opener is on a Monday for the first time in many years against the White Sox. But, Steve, you're going to love this. We become we, we set some history next March 31st. We, the Royals, will be the first-ever team to face the Cleveland Guardians on their opening day. What a stupid name, by the way. We, have we talked about that? No, let's not. The, who, who thought that was a good idea to choose Guardians? Think. Like, what? I don't want to talk about it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But yeah, the Royals will be taking on the Guardians in their first ever franchise game next opening day. So we will hopefully have an opportunity before the season starts to to dig into next season. Oh, well, Uh, plenty of time. And and David will have opportunity to put on tape, too, and say, hey, guys, the Royals will win the division. The Royals will win. I said Uh, one and three. The Royals will instantly make it to the playoffs. I said one and three. One and three chance. So we cannot wait to get into that audio a little bit later. But I will say something that you are correct about. Uh, It was not the Royals uh, schedule this year. It was not the Royals... uh, win percentage or anything like that. You were totally off, uh, but you called it last episode, uh, KU Kansas to the big 10. And it sounds like, uh, it could happen. It really does. Sounds like it's decently likely. In fact, it wouldn't shock me. This is what Thursday, the August 5th. I would say by the next time we record, it could be close to official. So yeah, I, I do think Kansas is going and, and uh, I also still think Iowa state and Kansas state will ultimately end up there. Now this might not happen right away. And, and, I made the I, I tweeted about this afterwards, and a lot of people were like, "Maybe Kansas." I doubt it, though. I don't see Kansas going to the Big Ten. I'm like, "Well, I do. It's going to happen." And then they're like, "No way in hell! Iowa State and Kansas State are going to go." But Iowa State's already academically at the level the Big Ten wants. And here's the thing with the Big Ten: there's a couple things you got to remember here. First of all, the Big Ten is is has traditionally been a conference that really takes their academics and their research universities seriously. They made an exception for my alma mater, Nebraska, to get in. Um, And that's not to hate my school. That's just a fact. They did make an exception. We weren't at the research level that they wanted. But Kansas is not either technically. Iowa State is. So that's one reason I still think. And and Iowa's in the Big Ten. So that's a natural rivalry. I think Iowa State will join because of that, if nothing else. And here's the deal. The dominoes are going to keep falling. And, you know, as, as Dayton Moore likes to say, one of my favorite Dayton Moore quotes is, you know, music chair, musical chairs, There's someone's not going to have a chair at the end. You know, the music will stop playing at some point and someone's going to be left out. It's like So my point in saying that is both the Big 12 and even Kansas State have to be proactive because if the Big 10 starts eating up, I mean, they're already losing Oklahoma, Texas. And then let's say Kansas goes away. The, the Big 12 is pretty much done. I mean, how are, and either the Big 12 moves to the AAC, which is the big rumor, but the problem with that is that like a lot of those AAC schools that are good, like Wichita State, for example, don't play football. So it's like, 
that's going to be a, a weird thing. The Big 12 is going to have to either like merge with another conference or somehow steal like really good Mountain West schools or somehow pluck an SEC school or I don't know. I don't think the Big 12 is going to survive in five years. But my point in saying all this is that Kansas State's got to look out for themselves and try to join somewhere. But also the Big 10 on the same token, if it's going to become four super conferences, right, like four 16-team super conferences, the Big Ten's going to need another couple schools still. And the Big Ten at some point wants to get ahead of the game and grab some more schools too because if the ACC and Pac-12 and SEC, you don't want them to get all the schools and you know hurt your own conference. So I do think at some point... Kansas State and Iowa State, long, the long answer to your question is I do think at some point all three of those will join the Big Ten. Unless somehow the Big 12 pulls out a Hail Mary and somehow this will never happen, but somehow gets a Notre Dame to join or, you know, gets a, I don't know, some of these other, some of the AAC, AAC schools. A, a big enough name that's going to yeah, create a couple. A You're going to need a couple. And then what's going to happen with Baylor? That'll be fascinating too because that seems like an SEC school, but I haven't heard any traction on that. So Speaking of splash, um, I don't know if you've been watching the Olympics any. A little bit, yeah. Um, but when when you've got a newborn that's uh, almost eight months old and he decides he wants to watch the Olympics at 2 o'clock in the morning or maybe 1 o'clock in the morning and you get to watch it live from Tokyo, uh, you watch it. It's I been, do like that live stuff. It, it's been fun to watch some of these Olympics and some of these sports. And it's done on Sunday, which sucks. Yes. it's And I feel like it's like every day. You can just turn it on. You turn it on. Like I've, I've been watching this over the Royals baseball. Yeah, I, it's I, been, it's I been, understand. I mean, it's, I understand. I haven't been, but I understand it. At least I can watch the Olympics and somebody's winning compared to watching the Rose Baseball. Hey, we won big last night. So, uh, I mean, what what do you like so far? Well, you're probably the better person to ask, but I will tell you the three takeaways are my three favorite things that I've seen and that I'm watching. First of all, and I'm not saying this just because, and I'm saying men too, so I'm not just saying women. I really like sand volleyball, and you're going to make some joke about it's because of what they wear, and it's not. But I really like the two-on-two. I like the format of sand volleyball. I like the fact that it goes quicker. I think it's what? It's 20, the first two, Uh and then 15, Uh Uh the last one. Yep, the two I'm, on two. No, I'm being that, you serious. You love that sand volleyball. That's my I favorite know. Olympic. Yeah, oh, I know you do. It's my favorite Olympic sport I to bet watch. You do. I've been a, and plus they play like live at like midnight. Oh yeah, I bet you are watching it at midnight. I'm like on CNBC, mm-hmm. they have the different channels mm-hmm. playing. You know they have like four channels, right? You know yes. that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming you. Direct TV, you can watch yeah. it all. So that's my number one thing, though. Is I, I, like I have three things. Are you also? Do you like sand volleyball? Or sand volleyball really? is good. Yeah, I think it's fun to watch. Second, second thing, I become a big fan, and I was heartbroken for her. Uh, Jade Carey, the gymnast. I was sad seeing yeah. her fall off the beam there on the all around. And she's, I mean, she's really stepped it up um, because of Simone and, you know, deciding it was time to walk away from the majority, which I respect. I don't think anybody should hate on her and, you know, until you walk a mile in someone's sure. shoes. Um, and good on her. So, and she's been the goat. She doesn't owe us anything. Um, Jay Carey stepped it up. I was sad to see her. And then my last thing that I'm really now looking for, because they have a chance to win the gold still, and I think it might even be Sunday. I think the gold sure. is the baseball team. Bubba Starling, our local oh. kid from Gardner, playing for the Olympic baseball team. And I, I believe they beat the Dominican Republic yesterday. I think they need two more wins, but I think they have a, a decent shot at winning on the gold there. I think it's either, it might be like literally the last day of the Olympics, but it's, if not, it's Saturday. It's, it's the It's finals. definitely been fun to watch. Uh, every, every sport to yeah, what see. Are, what's your favorites to, to me I, I mean i love watching swimming i think it's the, the talent in the swimming is just incredible uh especially for a guy that just doggy paddles Kenny uh, Ledecky, man I mean, just just some in, in, incredible talent track and field now that that's up and running right now too is seeing some of these four by ones and four by fours um it's just so impressive and somehow fast some of these uh people are and then obviously uh to me it was fun watching um 
gymnastics. I think it, 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 the talent level is is so high, um, and it's just Im- impressive to see some of these athletes, and How we're so thankful that they're from the United States. You probably don't know this answer because I don't. And I'm not saying you wouldn't know it, but do, why is Puerto Rico separate from the U.S.? It's a it's a territory of the U.S. I've been, I can't understand why it's considered a separate country. Pull that on our sheet, Nick, for tomorrow. I think we get rid of Nick. Well, I was just acting like I was talking to him. Nick. Pull it on our sheet. <laughs> yeah, no, that's me the, not answering. He's not here this week, so that's, I don't know. That's me <laughs> avoiding the question and asking. But speaking of questions and asking, this is the time you can always submit oh, yeah. Yeah. your crystal ball question with the music that makes no sense. Has nothing to do with crystal ball. At our website, caseypressbox.com. Every single week, we take one of your questions that you submitted and we answer it. This comes from Aaron from Newton, Iowa. Is that is Newton? Yeah, no. There is, a, New, there's there a is Newton, a Newton, Iowa. There is, I I went to college with a kid from Newton, Iowa, but they, this is, says Newton, Kansas. There's a Newton, Kansas. Too. Is it really? Right outside of Wichita. How about that? No, I knew uh, of a Newton, Iowa. I used to have two guys that I was at college dorm from. Was huh. one from Newton, Iowa, one was from Pella, Iowa. Oh, I've been to I've been to Pella. Home of the windows. Yeah, I bought a... How about that? Bought an antique baseball card. All right, sorry. This is uh, from Aaron, and she's actually from Newton, Kansas. She says, I know Davo is a huge Nebraska grad. Uh, we apologize for him for on that, too. Uh, and he's also a Cornhusker fan, which is also unfortunate and, for Davo, too. And, and in the helmet stands for knowledge. Aaron's right? dad, though, played for football there in the 70s. Ooh. Congratulations, Aaron. Your dad must have been good. Uh, but the question from Aaron comes and asks, does Davo actually think Nebraska will ever be a football powerhouse again? Great question, Aaron, from Newton, not Iowa, Newton, Kansas. Do I think they will ever be a football power in our lifetime? There's a powerhouse. No. Do I think, no. Do I think they will be good at football consistently and turn into a, let's say, a Wisconsin who's, you know, top 25 most years, putting guys in the NFL, maybe occasionally compete for a, a BCS? Yes. I do think Nebraska will get back to that level. Now, the funny thing about me, and you know this, is that I am one of the few people who's obsessed and loves Nebraska men's basketball more than football. I love my... So if you ask me about basketball, I, I you're going to laugh at this, but I think Nebraska basketball is going to be a national power before football will. Okay. No, i right, Kill the music. Dead That's, serious. This is all crystal as, ball. As this soon is all as, fake. As soon as this year. No, all, put that on tape. Play, well, play, <laughs> play that on the intro tomorrow, next week. <laughs> Nebraska is going to be a powerhouse. Okay, let me, let me How read. are you going to lose all your credit right before we go into Sportsbook 101? Let's go. Let's make you some money. It's the Sportsbook 101 with Davo. No one's ever going to believe you now after you give them all that knowledge that Nebraska basketball is going to be a powerhouse. Okay, now, well, and now you're going to give us Sportsbook 101? I let, promise. Can I change the he word? He knows what he's talking about. Let me change it from powerhouse to tournament every single year like a tournament type team every year play it again let's make you some money it's the (laughs) sportsbook 101 with davo all right y'all are haters up here all right let's do it sportsbook 101 today's lesson here comes your joke like not betting nebraska basketball today's lesson is what not to bet all right okay um and why we do call this for those who have been longtime listeners or if not it's fine if your first episode welcome it's why you and i steve call this sports investing not sports betting right So we think of this as sports investing and not sports betting. So when I say what knowing what not to bet, and don't worry, we're about to get into a whole bunch of football betting starting maybe as soon as next week, but I want to hold off on football a couple more weeks. Can you so bet in the Olympics, by the way? You can on, on like the offshore books. Sorry. Um, so like I, I saw somebody, I saw a really funny tweet the other day. Somebody's, I, I forget what they said. They were asking about like preseason because the first NFL preseason game is tonight, actually. It's a Hall of Fame game. It's the 
Cowboys and somebody? Eagles? I don't know. Somebody's playing tonight, though, in the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. But anyway, preseason NFL football, for example. You don't freaking bet on preseason NFL football. I <laughs> Can mean, you really bet on preseason yes. games? I mean, I'm a... You know, you, some people think I'm a degenerate. Even I am not that bad. Like, you don't bet on preseason. So when I say things to bet on and things not to, that would be betting, right? So we're talking about investing here. That, but, betting on NFL football. F- but, but that is a fun bet. Yeah, but you, you're, exactly, but you're betting. You're, you may as well go to the casino and bet red or black or bet on roulette because you're literally just dumb luck guessing. You have no idea how long the starters are going to play. You have no idea how the four-string undrafted free agent out of Temple is going to do at quarterback. You ha- you don't know these things. Like, it's it's completely... There's absolutely no analysis when it comes to preseason football. Literally. So, y- y- you can bet it if you want to... If you want to just bet and throw a 50-50 dart, go for it. But you, you have no edge on that. We're, we're investing in sports. We want an edge. So, that's an example of betting. Don't bet. How about this one? And I'm guilty of this for many years. You probably actually don't know this about me. From the time I was 22... 22- one 21 yeah. until 31 10 years in a row i bet on the coin toss in the super bowl i bet on the afc because i was stubborn and i thought there was a 50 50 chance the afc lost the coin toss you, you know that like 11 years no. in a row they had 11 really? year, 11 years stretch in a row and i lost 11, like 10 years in a row betting on the coin toss again that's a bet there's no there's correct. no skill you have no edge there you have no research i mean that's a freaking bet so when we're saying betting versus investing, those are two examples. Preseason NFL football, you're betting. Coin toss in the NFL, you're betting. So we we define things as sports investing, Steve, because we like to you know give ourselves a 5 to 10% edge, right? We, sure. When you and I make a bet, we want two-thirds of the roulette board. Instead of betting red or black, we're betting we get numbers 1 through 24, right? So we have a pretty good chance. We're making educated sure. wagers oh, yeah. on, based on things. So we're using a combination of intelligence, knowledge, research, a little intuition and things you've learned from the past. Make you that money. To give ourselves an edge. We're making it a better than 50-50. Now, some people will say, well, you were betting on the Royals to win the AL Central. Well, that was based purely on, and as I said, it was a one in three chance they'd win the division. Futures are a little different. So futures are more so bets than they are sports investing. But with futures, if you really do your homework and have a good a grasp of things. Futures are more about future bets, meaning like somebody to win the division or somebody to win over under a certain amount of games. Like those are future bets, right? Someone to win the Super Bowl. Futures are more betting than they are investing. However, futures are also investing because of the odds on that. The Royals, what was it? I forget what the odds were now, like 40 to one. Is that what it was to win the division? Like, that's just ridiculous odds. They had, to, they really did have about a one in three chance of winning the division this year. And I, I, that's ridiculous to hear now, but we didn't anticipate Mondesi playing 10 games all year. We didn't know Solaire and Dozier were going to turn into pumpkins. True. We didn't know Brad Keller would forget how to throw a strike the first two months. Like those things True. happened. Had, had those things not happened, which was, which is what you have to assume going into a season, right? Because those guys were all in their peak years. They weren't, they weren't at the end of their careers, you know, 34 years old where you expected them to regress. If if those things all had gone as we hoped, they would be in it right now and right there. So that's my point. Like even I will say as far as betting versus, you know, investing, you could argue that some of the the futures are more betting than investing, but it's it's actually futures can be a decent investment because of the odds. If you play the right odds. So that's kind of my, I wanted to go over the real quick. We're going to do some housekeeping things the next couple of weeks until we get really into the NFL. Cause I expect our listenership to go up big once the NFL gets here. So I'm kind of saving some of those NFL lessons, but I want to go over this week how 
why again reinforce why we try to invest here and i encourage you if you're out there with you know driving to iowa to make bets or you're going to vegas or you've got an offshore account or you know hopefully you don't have a bookie hopefully you're keeping it on the up and up <clears throat> but you know I, I hope that you're looking at this as investing don't just your it's your hard work money don't play roulette with it if you want to play roulette go to the casino but if you want to invest and make real money in sports look for the edges and we'll teach you a little bit more every week and if you want to make real money this is the opportunity right now. let's make you some money time for the lock of the week so I don't know if you know this, Steve Serrano. Two things. Number one, the rumor is that Toronto, Ontario, Canada has the most beautiful women in the world. Have you heard mm. that before? Did you know mm -mm. that? That's the rumor, that Toronto has the mm -mm. most beautiful mm -mm. women in the world. The second rumor is that some of the people that are creating the, the lines for tonight, the, the handicappers it, of the casinos, they're high on cocaine. Here it comes. There's a line tonight on this. That's It's a lock. They, these people are drunk. Who's ever creating these lines? Uh, the rumor might be true. Who's creating the lines might be on the lines because there is a lock tonight, Steve. So not only do they have the beautiful women in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, we're heading there, not for the women, though. You know what we're mm -hmm. heading there? We're heading there for the Benjamins, baby. We're going to make some money tonight. The game is in Toronto. It's the Cleveland Indians for just a couple of more months against the Toronto Blue Jays, the future Guardians versus the current Blue Jays. Oh, my gosh. Tonight, talk about gas cans. I'm getting excited. I might call into my job today and drive to Iowa. This game, Tristan McKenzie has a bright future for the Guardians. But not this year, not against this Toronto offense that by for, for me, it's either the Dodgers, the Astros, or the Blue Jays, the best offense in baseball. So per perhaps the best offense in baseball going against a young pitcher is not quite there yet. On the other side for the Blue Jays, Ross Stripling has been better. The dude's a gas can. The Indians, Guardians, whatever you want to call them, will score just enough. The over-under in this game, I swear to you, the people doing lines are doing lines today because it makes absolutely no sense. The over-under is only nine in this game. I love this game so much. Bet the over nine Cleveland Toronto and say hi to a Canadian hottie on the way to the bank, baby. There it is. Show number 15 in the books. You heard the audio. You heard how you can make cold, hard cash with the Sportsbook 101 what in am the I missing? lock of the week. How is it only nine? Like, what are these people thinking? Dave was excited. Obviously, he is going to try to get himself a girl from Toronto. I'm on my way to Iowa to bet that. Might be getting himself a green card, too, to get up there to Canada <laughs> right? as fast as possible. So thank you guys so much for checking out our show. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell a friend about the show, CaseyPressBox.com. Uh, so hopefully we can feature you on the show with our crystal ball question every single week. CaseyPressBox.com. Have a great week. If you make it up to St. Joseph, enjoy yourself. Take some photos. Tag us on our social media, Steve Serrano, even Davo, uh, all over the place, too. So we can, uh, we, we can see what you guys are doing and enjoy yourself this past week too so thanks for checking us out show number 15 in the books for kc press box i am steve serrano i'm Dave. we're out he is on his way to toronto